Welcome back to episode eight of the Taxi Squad podcast. Very excited today. I have a new guest for the show, somebody who's uh, very close to me. This is going to be the college football kickoff episode, and I'd like to introduce a very good friend of mine, someone that I have experienced a lot with in the college football scene. Nathan, take the stage. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Nate Smith, and I am out of Norman, Oklahoma, home to the Oklahoma Sooners, and uh, I am just super, super excited to be here with you today. Chicago Mike. And uh, thanks for the invite. I'm ready to get oh, after it. Always, brother. Always. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wanted to definitely, uh, as I've always told you, uh, get this happening. So, you know, uh, to give the, the crowd a little bit of a background about Nathan and I, we used to be uh, former co-workers uh, where in uh, the sales game, I uh, covered a, a large portion of uh, the country for Hobby Lobby stores. And he was a project manager there. And uh, I would visit Nathan every year in Oklahoma City, which is the main headquarters of Hobby Lobby. And uh, we would go to a football game every year. And uh, our love of college football has developed over this time. And uh, we, we do love ourselves some Big 12 football and some OU football. So, Nate, I know your love of OU. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about what you're seeing this year and how the team's looking overall and, and, and what you're most excited about. Sure. All right. So uh, really what I'm most excited about uh, is my boy, Alex Grinch. Um, when you talk about OU football, what a blessing it has been uh, in our program from an offensive standpoint uh, throughout all these years, you know, uh, we had the football whisperer, we had Mike Leach uh, for those that are not really into um college football or, or mostly into pro uh just youtube oh mike leach uh and some of his ramblings uh the guy's great uh, but anyway he's the one that started the whole uh he started on ou understood's uh the whole video game offense you know let's throw up 75 points and you know right. let's have a quarterback run or the pass for 550 yards in a game right right that old so, area style yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, and from and from that, you know, we've had Bob Stoops just had some really great offenses, obviously rolled right into Lincoln Riley, which that transition uh, was really, really huge. Um, you know, right. Bottom where they are today. I mean, they they have created such a borderline powerhouse. Right. I mean, right. They, they're on the cusp of that. And, and we always discuss that this team is just a defense away from being right there, right? And, and they are, right? And that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I say I'm most excited about the defense, and I talk about this offense. I, I lead with that to say um, that we haven't had a defense, obviously. I mean, it's obvious to anyone in the United States. Um, you know, when I was over-the-road truck driving there, you know, I would run into people from all over the country – and I'd be wearing my Sooner gear, you know, rocking it nice and proud. And they'd be like, hey, how about that defense? Har, 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 you know. <laughs> uh, and, and so, like, the whole country knows and understands that we just couldn't play it. When we got Alex Grinch from Ohio State, that was – I mean, it made such a big, huge impact. And now we're starting to reap some of those rewards. Um, you know, he just had a press conference here in Norman about a week, week and a half ago. And he said when he got here – the biggest problem other than we didn't have the horses was that there was no depth at all period on our defense. You know, we're five deep in wide receiver, three, four deep in, in running back. You know, we're getting the number one quarterback in the country fairly consistently on offense, but on defense, you know, he would, he would say we'd have one safety, right? Strong safety and no free safeties. You know, we'd have two corners and that was it. Do you, uh, do you really uh, think though that that was more an effort of, you know, recruiting style, or do you believe it was something that was just kind of neglected? I mean, do you think, think that the focus was always just building a great offense and hoping it could, you know, you could just outscore everybody or, or what do you think the thought process was there? So, so that goes kind of deep, right? Um, for me personally, 
um, it kind of, it, it's two-folded and it kind of started with the Bob Stoops, which bled into the Lincoln Riley philosophy. Um, but then of course it's what I consider the antichrist, which is Mike Stoops, uh, the brother, bro- the brother of, of Bob. <laughs> he was uh, pretty piss poor. There is uh, no two bones about it. He, he was fucking terrible. Yeah. And some of the stuff that came out of his mouth was like, dude, there's Pee Wee or Pop Warner coaches. I don't know what you guys have out there. If it's Pop Warner, I know some different, you know, junior kids football, you know, that the dad, you know, work construction all day and then coach football at night, know more about football than Mike Stoops does uh, defensively. And people are, oh, come on, whatever. No, fuck you. Mike Stoops doesn't know. He has jobs because of his brother, Bob Stoops, straight up. Wow. He would say he would say stuff ridiculous, dude. He'd have a press conference, and he would say something so blasphemous as, "Yeah, we want to make sure our defensive linemen engage with the offensive linemen, hook up with our offensive linemen, and then from there, we want them to read and react to the play." Hey, look, guy, when you're when you're going against, for example, your Alabamans and Clemson, but even your Texas Techs and and everybody else, you know, people forget. You know, okay, Texas Tech and Alabama, sure, there's a big difference and and deal it, but physicality wise, you know, these are division one programs. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you are running into guys that are, you know, six six, two eighty, two ninety. I mean, you're you're going against guys who are eventually gonna play at, you know, the next level play on Sundays. So right. what, what crap? Ed's going to say, go and get your paws engaged with them clowns. Uh, it's just ridiculous. So, so, so part of it, I think, I think of it was um, the Mike Stoops. There was a lot of kids that didn't want to come to play with it for him. Uh, you know, there's well, reports and yeah, countless reports and rumors of kids saying, if you watch some of these kids and even when they, we would get an occasional four star or maybe a five star outlier, um, on defense, um, they would start off as a freshman and be really good. And by the time they were a junior or senior, they were completely lost and they were just trash cans. And so, so, so that's a part of it, I think, is Mike Stoops, the Antichrist for the Oklahoma Sooner football. And I, I really do believe that. And I use that word strong. I think he robbed us and stole us of a bunch of national championships uh, due to his, his poor leadership and, and just lack of football knowledge. Well, I mean, when you got to compete with, you know, magicians of recruiters like Nick Saban and uh, Urban Meyer and stuff like that. And and these guys would build defenses where basically, you know, five first round draft picks of defensive players. Um, And and yeah, I mean, think about it. If Nick Saban's in your living room, you know exactly that he's going to utilize you the way you need to be utilized to play on Sunday, basically. And I, I always feel as if that, you know, if I'm a kid coming out of high school, I want to go somewhere where I have that opportunity to play on Sunday. So if you're sitting across from a guy like Mike Stoops and you're like, this guy's is just a stooge and a clown. Well, then you know who you're going to go play for. So I, I think right. as you started off right away, you know, talking about this, Alex Grinch uh, is something that, you know, bringing in that Ohio state Midwest attitude of playing defense and, you know, playing right. those football, I think it's going to potentially get you guys to the next step. I, I really do. I'm, I'm excited to watch it myself. I mean, you know, even last year we got a taste of that secondary coming in full and strong. Is that what you're uh, seeing? That's uh, what I'm seeing now. And we, and he's gotten some more recruits that came in. We're starting to get some length and some size, you know, our, our corners now are going to start looking like, you know, uh, everyone else's safeties are big and strong and fast. Um, you know, whereas, you know, in the past that, that, that to, to finish off that question and, and, you know, and kind of give you an answer there, the other half of it was, is the strategy was we're going to run so fast. We're going to have so many snaps and everyone else in the big 12 was running that offense at that time the same way uh, that they didn't think that a six, two corner had the quickness to run these video uh, defense against these, these, you know, uh, you know, video game offenses. Well, that's not true, right? Athletes today are so freakishly athletic. Um, You might get a six, three corner that can cover a five, 10 slot receiver. Um, You know, of course not all the time, but, 
they are getting there, right? And then through scheming, you can cover yourself there as well. Um, you know, give you some 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 help over the top of the safeties, for example. But you know, so so I think that it was, there was a lot to that. But yes, I'm starting to see that we're getting a lot stronger. We're getting a lot bigger. You know, our linebackers are no longer the ones that he's recruiting are no longer 220 pounds, 215 pounds. You know, these guys are more big tinny, you know, uh, more uh, SEC, you know, 245 inside linebackers, you know. Um, you know, 20 pounds don't seem like a lot, but it is a lot. Oh, you know, playing, playing a physical sport like football. Uh, I mean, 20 pounds is significant. Pretty wow. significant. Yeah. Oh, you, you can tell the difference, you know, when you see them out on the field. Well, and to give the audience some sort of insight, I, I mean, you are physically there for these practice games and, and you're there watching practice when you can, correct? Uh, no. So only people that are allowed is the media to go okay. to the practice spring game. I did go to that's open to the public. Okay. Um, How did they look it, in the spring game? What, what was, what was your, what were your biggest takeaways of the spring game this year? Oh, my biggest takeaways and my hottest take is that Caleb Williams is a hell of a lot better than Spencer Rattler. And really, oh, wow. and it ain't even close. Now, for for those that and you might have some some fans of the show that are big time into college football and I get it. Look, not everyone's at the spring game. Fair enough, right? Uh, all the seniors have graduated. Not all the freshmen have come in, right? So mm-hmm. not everyone is there. You can't hit the quarterback. I understand all of that, right? Right. But there's a lot of things that you can tell about in two positions, right? In a spring game, and I was excited for both of these. The first thing that you can tell is the quarterback play, what you're going to get out of that. And the second is the corners. So we'll start with the quarterbacks. So with the quarterbacks, right, even though they can't get hit, you will see, and I have seen in many of spring games over the past 10, 15 years, right, if it looks like the quarterback when they're snapping looks like he's brand new to the game of football, that is a red flag of trouble. Right. And you can see it. Now, I'll never forget this. And this is a great example. Trevor Knight, right, beat Alabama uh, in the Sugar Bowl, right? Well, worked him over, really. Right. And we're like, damn, Trevor Knight, you know, Austin's going to be great. He's going to be such a great quarterback, whatever. Okay. He, we came back that next season. I was so excited for the spring game. And his first four passes, he looked scared to death back there. He wasn't even going to get hit. Looked scared to death. And he was throwing footballs. Uh, no bullshit. No bullshit. 10, 15 yards short on 20 yards out. I mean, they were like five-yard passes in the dirt. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like good, old, uh, that- like good old Mitch Trubisky, you know, out there throwing, uh, throwing dead ducks, you know, right. missing guys by, you know, 10 yards above their head right. and whatnot. I mean, okay. it, it's definitely something that you notice. But I think – a lot of that just comes into the thought process of, yeah, you know, you get hit a few times. It's like the Mike Tyson quote, right? Of right. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit, right? Oh, yeah. Go so sure. I, I do agree, though, that, I mean, that's something that does matter. And if a guy does see playing time and he's not really ready or there yet, um, it's definitely something that could play into it. So, you For know, sure. you're all high on this Caleb Williams and you're saying he's better than Spencer Rattler tenfold. What are oh. the things you're seeing from him that, that make you say that? That's, that's what I'm more interested in because they're saying Spencer Rattler is, you know, this year's basic Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields type prospect where I, it's, it's not even bringer. I, I don't think so. And, and I got it. So people might think I'm hating on the Rattler. I, I'm not right. I, Sure. Uh, no one was more jacked that we got him than I was, right? I, right. I was on YouTube. I was watching him throw a damn football off the side of a mountain into a trash can and all that shit. I was all into him, dude. I was like, oh, it's fucking great. Another guy. Yeah, look at his YouTube videos. You know, he's got a bunch out there. Uh, or he did, you know, anyway. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was all into the guy. And, and was super into him. When he started crapping down his leg when he finally got the start in the job and got benched at Texas. Oh, see, again, that's where I think it's incredible. A guy that really had a shitty start 
ended up getting benched, right, during our biggest game of the year, keep in mind, which is Texas, every oh, yeah. year, every, right? Every year. Yeah, every year. Every year. Yeah, right. that, that, of huge, yeah, huge deal, right? It got benched. Now they're all like, the dude's going to be the freaking Heisman. So, yes, I understand he plays at OU. Yes, I understand the offense. Gives basically your even your average Joe the ability to compete for a Heisman just based off of you got all these NFL wide receivers that you have to throw to. You have so much talent offensively around you and scheme wise offensively. It's just it's almost impossible truly to fail. So I think that gives him a big benefit of the doubt. Hell, he might even still win the Heisman. Don't get me wrong. The difference is um, he's slower than Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is quite a bit faster. Um, really? Yeah. And so what was incredible, and even our, our local sports talk radio guys were talking about it, was uh, Caleb Williams was on the second team offense, obviously, because Spencer's on the first team. Second team offense going on against our first team defense. And uh, that was flipped for Spencer Rattler, right? First offense, second defense. And uh, Spencer kind of struggled to move the ball. One of the reasons was is he's not very fat. I would say he's more Baker Mayfield as far as feet wise. You know, can he run occasionally, accidentally if he's seven steps in front of somebody? Maybe. Yeah, he can probably do that, right? Um, you know, but is he a Kyler Murray? Sure, certainly not. Well, no. Right? Okay, let's. Right. No one's a Kyler Murray. But what's interesting no. to me is the dimensions on this guy, right? Because because if you look up his prospect card, I'm talking about Caleb Williams right now. Yeah. He um, he's about 6'1", 210. Right. So, you know, granted he is 19, and who knows? He might very well hit a growth spurt. But, I mean, chances are he's going to be that very similar build to a Kyler Murray. And do you believe here, and, and here's, a, here's a fun take, do you believe that this is Lincoln Riley's next round of a Kyler Murray type style quarterback that can be mobile and throw the ball, you know, 50 yards down? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was incredible when, when he had to, and the pocket started to collapse or if something broke down, when I got to tell you, that was rare because the guy, the other thing he has over Spencer Rattler is better uh, pass route uh, understanding and vision. Okay. Um, Interesting. yeah. Oh, big time. Um, there was many times where he checked off his first or second receiver and threw to his third option. Um, and the velocity out of his, the guy's got a fucking cannon, dude. I, I'm not going to lie. There was, I mean, probably at least six or seven different times, which is quite a bit, right? Because they rotate for four quarterbacks during this operation. Um, and so there's two other scrubs. No, I don't even know their names. Um, and those two guys, right. And, uh, Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams six, seven times, man, quite a few times. The whole crowd was like, Oh damn. You know? And I mean, you could hear it in the whole stadium. Well, Uh, he would, if he had a track meet between him and Kyler Murray and let's say it was the 40, I bet you, I can't remember what Kyler ran. If do you remember? Kyler was right around four, five, four, four. Okay. Then I bet you this guy's, four five four six I, he's going to be right behind kyle well here's what's fantastic about your take on this if you go on 24 7 sports here's the write-up on this guy from a national recruiting analyst ready yeah good frame with upper body thickness thickness maximizes his size by standing tall in the pocket throwing with an ideal angle true dual threat with sub four six forty and has one of the strongest arms in the 2021 class. So you're hitting it right on the head here. And, and that's, that's a large reason I bring, you know, quality guests on the show to try and understand things uh, from a person who is truly immersed in this culture in, in OU football. And the reason I call it a culture more so than anything is because it is just that. You know, a lot of people come from the Midwest. We don't really have... Uh, something that we're so immersed in outside of, you know, we're talking Chicago, uh, Chicago, Mike, right. Uh, We don't have really something we're immersed in all year long, quite like, you know, Chicago bear football or Chicago baseball. Now, with that being said, when you go to the South or Oklahoma, some could say in the Midwest, let's just call what it is. It is the South. Um, 
the love of OU football is unlike anything I've ever seen. So I, I just, I love these takes and, and love chatting with you on this. Now, my whole, my whole thing and, and something I wanted to pivot on here. So guys like Caleb Williams moving forward into the future, you know, here's a guy who could potentially be a number one prospect coming out, you know, with this SEC move, do you think a guy like that is a, a welcomed addition to get you to that next step? Now with this defense coming out, now with, you know, Alex Grinch kind of recruiting his way, bringing in his style of guys, do you think that now they're going to be capable with all these additions of coaching and new new recruits to really compete in the SEC? Because, you know, teams have done this in the past and it hasn't already always worked. So what's your what's your take on that? Because that's definitely something that's going to be interesting now in the next two to three years or whenever this general progression is going to happen to the SEC. Yeah, no, great question. And I, and I got to answer that. And, and that was very brilliant of you to, to bring up that generally uh, when you leave a conference for another conference, right, it did, typically doesn't work out that well, right? Uh, hashtag Nebraska, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Nebraska. Hey, one of the biggest fans of the show is out of Nebraska. So I, I'm assuming he I've, I've chatted with him a couple of times. He's going to love to hear that. That's hysterical. Yeah. Hey, and, and God bless you. I can't wait for the Cornhuskers to come down there. Maybe, um, you know, when they come down here to Norman, you know, if he comes and, and flies down or whatever, let's link up with them, you know, or, oh, or for me- sure. we'll show, we'll show them what it's all about at OU, right? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. They know very well because that used to be, you know, as big of a rivalry between OU and Nebraska as OU and Texas. Oh, was, yeah. It's a big deal. So it, it's nice to have them back and, and to, and to get involved in that. So, so for the SEC, for us, again, what a blessing to be an OU fan. You know, if you look at Texas, for an example, right, look at the just absolutely hemorrhage that they've had at the head coaching really since Mac Brown, right? And they've had all these fucking jokers. They've tried to figure things out. They win about five games a year, whatever it is, right? And they're just real half-assed, Texas is. You know, we go from Bob Stoops winning all the games that he has, right, um, and, and winning every major bowl, you know, he's the only coach that's ever done that. Right. And, uh, to go right into Lincoln Riley, you know, wow, what a blessing is that? Well, now the sec move for us, I feel like is also just one more kind of, you know, feather in our cap that just works out beautifully specifically for OU. And, and this kind of goes into the recruiting side, specifically the defensive side. Right. I think one of the hardest wins for OU has been, to get defensive, especially secondary guys, but even really the defensive linemen and linebackers um, to to come into the Big 12 Conference in OU, right? If I'm, you know, 6'8", 275, 280, I'm a big-ass hamburger-pounding, you know, defensive lineman, right? Do I really want to do wind sprints against Baylor? Probably not, right? Well, not it's, all- it's all on how we look at it, right? Like, I think your point there more so secondary in the SEC is what comes to my mind. You think, you think of programs like LSU, you think of programs like Alabama that really breed secondary talent more so LSU, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, guys like that, that have come into the league and have made a, uh, you know, name. And then a lot of people call LSU and quote DBU. Right. So that that was, that was something that when you hit on that, that really is kind of what came to my head. So, you know, so you're thinking with this SEC move, this gives you a new tool in recruiting is kind of what you're getting at. Yeah. So absolutely. You know, and I can't remember off the top of my head now that you put me on the spot, but Kansas was it champ Bailey. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He was fucking from Kansas. Right. So you know, um, yeah, they I mean, DBs can, can come from pretty much anywhere, you know, but yes, I understand the SEC. What, what, more of what I'm getting at and why I don't think it's a secondary point, it's more of a primary point, right, is because those guys can develop and those guys can look good and those guys can have great tape, right, because they're not playing 95 snaps a game. Right. Against teams like Baylor. They're also, they're not getting passed against 80, 90% of the time, right? You know, you look at Baylor and they're, Jesus, it was like two years ago and they had some absurd freaking percentage of pass to run ratio. It was like 
88% dude to run. Uh, that, that's incredible. And so again, for a corner, right. Do I go, well, at LSU, I'm going to go, what, maybe, unless I play, you know, Ole Miss, which I guess is starting to kind of get Texas techie, if you will. Um, but other than that, you know, when I play Vandy and when I play Kentucky and when I play Auburn and all that, you know, I'm looking at more 60-40 mix, you know, in some cases even 50-50 mix. They're going to run the ball. There's going to be power behind it. They're not just going to air it out. So if I'm, you know, uh, Tyron Matthew, you know, if I'm the honey badger, for example – I know that I'm not going to get as exposed as much there as I am in the big 12 straight up. And, well, that's, and- that's a very good point. I, I like, I like what you hit on there. Um, I, I do think though, you know, if we dial it all the way back to a guy like Mike Leach, you know, he is a trendsetter and, and a lot yeah. of that has, has now starting to bleed into the sec. You pointed out Ole Miss Lane Kiffin is one of those guys, right? right. Where he's all about, airing it out, gunning that ball down the field and really spreading guys out. And, and I, I did see last season, you know, that really did kind of eat at the craw of a guy like Nick Saban, who of course, you know, he worked for, for a little while, um, sure. OC at Bama. Um, but I do believe that that style is starting to bleed into the sec. And now with the addition of OU, I think it's just going to continue to grow there. So I like your point, though. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see exactly this migration to the SEC. And what it's going to be like two to three years, right? Is that the general progression? When do you think they'll actually be in the SEC? Yeah, SEC? yeah I, I would suspect they finish this year out and then they go into it next year. You know, the timing of it, it's just and with contracts being set, I imagine behind closed doors, our board of regents, all those guys this full year will take the time to sign off the lawyers, pay the bill, you know, the fine, and just say to hell with it and get out of there. There's no reason to drag this thing on. Uh, and, and, and it's only going to piss people off. People are going to talk all kinds of shit because, you know, if we wait for 2025 and OU presumably wins the next four Big 12 championships, people are like, geez, they're just beating up on the little ass Big 12, you know, before they go to the SEC. It's just not good and healthy for everybody. Let daddy go to the SEC. We'll let, you know, junior hang out in Big 12, which – it's just really, I say junior, you know, Oklahoma State is super pissed off. Super well, pissed off. I can off. imagine the entire Big 12 is really pissed off. I mean, oh. because that's a big oh. moneymaker, all those games. But chances are they'll make it a thing every season where, of yeah. course, they're going to do that. Oh, you, you, would, you would think so, for sure. But I guess we didn't even, we didn't even, apparently nobody told OSU that we were making the move. And, uh little brother was like, what the hell? You know, you're just going to leave us stranded and we're throwing the dude. In my opinion, the second best team in the big 12 right now, though, is not OSU. It's 100% Iowa state. I mean, I mean, balls to the wall, Iowa state is there, but then again, you know, as you have, have always put it to me, there are certain teams that OU just doesn't play well. No, you know, Kansas state's one of them, whatever, for, for whatever reason, Kansas state has their number. I know. And it's, they, a it, it's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, really, it is. It really is. And I and I don't know what I don't know where that come from. I don't know if that's uh you know, hey, we got this. This is Little Kansas State, you know, or this is Iowa State, bunch of jokers, you know. Um, I don't know if it's that necessarily. Um, I will say this though: Iowa State and K State have uh, little man syndrome, right? And, and, and what I mean by that is a lot of the guys on the rosters of the Iowa States and K-States, a lot of those dudes, the players on there come from smaller towns, smaller schools. Um, they didn't get, you know, offers from Ohio State, right? They're right. not sitting, there, you know, um, getting their, their junk pulled off by Alabama and everything else, right? And so <laughs> they, they – I don't know how else to say it. Well, that's so, true. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, You're telling right? me this shit your whole life. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. Yeah, yeah the pool of talent's a little bit different, right? right. Absolutely. And so they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder like, hey, fuck up. You know, I might be from Redneck USA, you know, you know, town of 75, but fuck, I'm a good football player. You know what I mean? Oh. And uh, so, so there's a little bit of a chip on those guys' shoulder. And I think, I think OU in the past has a, a little bit of an entitlement program. Uh, for those people, problem program, uh, entitlement problem, 
for more those so than Texas. Uh, yeah, I think Texas has that too. I, I, oh, I do. they definitely have that. Oh, I mean, come on. I, I would say so. I would say less recently, though. You know, well, because they pretty well they're they're on the struggle bus. You know, whereas we roll into a game against Clemson where we've been rolling all year, more or less. And we're like, oh, fuck, we're OU, right? And we have all this history. We're so great. And then we get punked. Whereas well, Texas like, ah, you know. Well, of uh, course. I mean, you go in, you, you're going to play Clemson now on a, you know, consistent basis, which I feel as if, you know, it's just for ratings, right? I mean, oh, sure. if right. we're going back to this whole SEC thing, I mean, the ratings are going to go through the roof. Every fan and college football fan across the country wants to 100% see OU play Bama once he oh, wants yeah. to see OU play LSU and all that good stuff. And, and yeah. they always find a way to make it happen though. Like during the season. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, Notre Dame and USC, you know, that game always right. happens. And, and that's, that's going to be interesting to me. So, so Texas is getting into this sec party with you. Do you right. think they're going to be on the same timeline as OU to jump into the SEC, or do you think they're going to give it the full three to five? Hell no, 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 no. And 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 as much as I hate the University of Texas, and I do sincerely, wholeheartedly, and deeply hate the University of Texas. Uh, God bless them um, for making this move together, right? Um, for 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 this for either school to pull this off, and for the rich to get richer, um, as we know that the SEC is by far the most financial best house have, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Right. So for, for, for us to pull that off, it would have to be together. Right. Interesting. Um, and yeah. And for us to work together like that, um, I'm really pr- proud of how both programs handled it. Um, they wanted to keep the rumors out of it. They didn't want to get, you know, tied up. They didn't want the big 12 to step in and offer them some kind of out or money. They said, hey, bro, I'm in. Are you in? And they're like, hell yeah, fam. I got you. And we did it together behind the scenes. We're ready to go. Um, and, and together, I think the timeline will be just as, as, as they did when they you know, said that they were going to make the change. I think it's going to be this, the same exact way. You know, I would suspect probably within a month or two after the national championship game, um, hopefully OU is there. Uh, but a, I would guess sometime in the winter, maybe as late as early spring, um, that everything's paid up. The lawyers have lawyered up. They're ready to go. And we would go to the SEC the next year because the fines, uh, you know, I think is what, 135 million, 120 something million. That's chicken shit money to these universities, both OU and Texas. For sure. I, I think the money that they'll make up and in, in everything, oh. it'll it'll be like an afterthought. So your prediction is that they jump in together. Right. So I, after this season, they're both jumping in there. Now, do you think a team? So here's the next question. Do you and that's think the, the rivalry as well? That red, the Red River rivalry, right? That, oh, that, yeah. yeah. And, and they get that and they get their own ratings and they're yeah. on the SEC network and Paul Fine yeah. Mom and all that good shit. Now, do you think a team now is going to jump into this mega conference of now the Big 12, ACC, Pac 12, all kind of creating this? This like I, I call it. It's like uh, it's like the it's like Marvel. It's like the fucking multiverse of right. uh, football conferences all coming into this together. I mean, do you feel as if this is something that you know teams from the SEC that might be a little bit weaker teams like Tennessee, um, you know teams like Kentucky? Do you feel as if they're going to make that jump now into this mega conference and and be a little bit more competitive there? Or do you? Do you okay. see them sticking in the SEC more so for the finance side of things? All right, buddy, buddy, put your seatbelt on. You know, All right, let's, let's, let's go down Pandora's box. Let's do it. Here we go. All right. What a fucking mess, right? Is, is the whole collegiate system in its entirety. Um, and, and so, and, I, and I've had great, Jesus, man, five, six years ago when I was working at, at Saito, that was pre-Hobby Lobby, um, I had these long drawn out conversations with a guy who's from Denver, right? Right. Uh, ironically, another Mike, I have ran into so many Mike's he's Denver Mike, not Chicago Mike. Right. There's only one. Sure. Chicago. Uh, but 
he was a big uh, Broncos fan, you know, obviously being from Denver. And so I kind of got him into college football and he's like, what's the mess? Well, here's the problem. <sighs> so first, when you talk about um, the, the merger of the ACC, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, right? right? As much information as that I have been able to gain out of it is it's basically a gentleman's pact. There's no signed contract. It's just, hey, team, let's stay together and please not fuck each other over, right? Um, USC, pretty, pretty, please don't leave the Pac-12. You're our money. Yeah, right. You're our, my, our okay, money. stop. Pause. Right. Where would USC go if they're not going to play in the Pac-12? Right. Well, hold on. Before we start start there, right? In the Big All Ten, right. Ohio State, they lose them, fucking gone, right? Okay. Sure. AC Clemson, right? Gone. So that whole bullshit that's not even a legal binding binding contract is their last saving grace to what I think ultimately is going to happen. I know this is a bold prediction. Okay. And I'm not inside these meeting rooms, but what I ultimately think is going to happen is there's going to be a completely separate, separated, segregated wing of, of college athletics specifically for football and the conferences either are going to realign specifically football specific or will be completely taken out of football specific period for football specific sports right and i'm going to dig into that just really quick of, of, of what what that means the biggest reason for these conferences and the reason why they're generally regionalized is because people always forget, right? You think about Alabama, you think about football, right? And, and you think about Ohio State, you think about football. What you don't forget about is fucking women's tennis, right? What you don't forget about is men's water polo and other silly sports that are just basically extracurriculars. Well, these, these, these universities, right? You know, OU has like 19 sports programs, right? And so they're all of those are non-revenue generating sports, obviously, right? Not necessarily, yeah, correct. Well, yeah. and water polo <laughs> necessarily paying the bills, right? Right, exactly. And travel, right? You know, and so you want to keep those teams relatively close because you don't want to send 20 water polo players, you know, from here, for example, or Norman, Oklahoma, all the way to Los Angeles, right? Oh. Uh, that's expensive. And so, but see, football. And, and what I call revenue generating sport that it is right. They can afford that bullshit, right? Alabama can fly wherever the fuck they want to because they have an unlimited budget. Same with OU and Texas when it comes to that football program. So ultimately what I think has happened or what's going to happen and, and how this shakes out, what that looks like and, and how many teams are invited ultimately, but truly there's about probably 30, maybe 40 programs that either are right now or do have a legitimate potential both in funding and resources uh, to get to a place where they can legitimately compete for a national championship, a division one national championship. You know, I think that that is going to happen. So I think that, you know, Clemson and USC and all I think it's going to turn into ultimately, I think it's going to look a lot like the NFL, right? I, th I think it's going to be completely separate because you, you can't have, for example, USC join the big 12 because they don't want to send women's tennis and however many jokers are on that team halfway across the country. It's ridiculous. And it's going to be too expensive. And they too have 20 something sports. So it's not just women's well, tennis. I do believe, and I didn't get into heavy specifics. This is really going to be football based. You know, I don't right. see you know ASU playing uh, Michigan State in baseball. You know, I, it, it wouldn't even be competitive. Football right. is such a different sport, and it's its own it is. thing. And you know, it, it, it's it's such a finite group of people playing this sport. You know, the talent pools are a lot greater than most sports, so you can you know, pair up these teams and it's not just always going to be a shit show. Right. right. So I, I agree in that sense where, you know, it will be very fo football specific. Now, another thing you have to keep in mind, and this is coming up from a lot of these NCAA presidents and all this good shit is now they're going to expand. And I've been reading this. They are going to expand the college football playoffs. What is it right now from four teams? 
Right. From four to 12 is what I Four to 12 is what I'm reading. Exactly. So that's going to change the landscape of the sport too. And I think you're right on par with the thought and, and, and the process here of making it very NFL style, where I think the conferences are going to be broken down based so. on region. I think so too. I mean, yeah, it but- is kind of right now, but it's like, how in the hell is a team like, you know, um, different regions, you know, how in the hell is a team like Kentucky, which is borderline Midwest, not playing in the big 12? I guess it's semi-Southern, but it's still right there, or Big 12, Big 10. You know, same principle, where I think they're going to be broken down into regions now, and they're not really going to have an affiliation, even though that is a moneymaker for these individual conferences. So I, think you- so too. I just, I would take that one step further, and, and you know, I'd be inviting, you know, the big boys and cutting out the trash cans, Right. You know, because right now there's what 131 Division One football teams. Of those 131 football teams, how many have a shot at winning a national championship? Like even even a a pipe dream chance. Let's say 20 a pipe dream chance. I mean, realistically, there's maybe five, right? But you know, 20. So, but at 131, it's just so ignorant, right? Why why are we doing that to to ourselves? And why are we doing that to these poor schools where? You know, it's like, what was it, UCF, right, Central Florida, you know, and they thought that they're, they're acting like they won the national championships. They went undefeated. Look, clowns, you were playing, you know, Southeast Maryland State, you know, come on, get the fuck out of here, UCL. I, I, I agree with that statement. I, I definitely believe that, you know, okay, yeah, you know, the Knights weren't necessarily the team to beat that season, and they want to act. I mean, if they would have played Bama, it, it would have been a joke. Oh, it would have been, you know, and it's God bless them. I think it was cute and fun, you know, and it's the story they can tell their kids, you know, har, har, har. Well, I, I do believe this, this is something that's going to change the landscape of college football forever. Oh, I do too. It's going to transition into, and as much as I hate to say this very NFL style and, and it's going to look more like watching Sunday eventually than it is anything. And I, so too, but I think it'll be good, right? I think it'll be good if, again, you, you take you take the teams, right, that have funding, the resources, the history, whatever you want to look like, and say, hey, you know what? You guys, you're coming over here to the super conference of whatever you want to call that, right? The big boy league, right? Uh, with the win up, right, of football back in the day, right? Um, you're coming over here, and I think it would be great to every week and set, for example, right? Freaking OU's playing, playing Western Carolina. What bullshit, right? But if we had the real teams, I mean, like the NFL, right? Those are professional athletes, right? Sure. Say what you will about, you know, uh, Cleveland or the Jets or, you know, the more trashy teams that are out there. They're still professional teams. Well, the same thing could be said for college football. I would love it to see USC play Alabama on the same weekend, uh, you know, that OU's playing Ohio let's State. Not talk, let's not talk at, about that. The last time that happened, that was a just overall shit you know, show. Yeah, but hey, man, you know, there's more than one game to be played, you know. Well, no you know, I mean, hey, you know I'm a big Pac-12 USC guy, and I love me some Trojan football. I stay up late in the Midwest to watch those games a lot of the time. Uh, by the way, I do think Keaton Slovis this season, I mean, that's – that's going to be a guy to pay attention to coming out on the NFL draft. I think he's one of the, one of the best pro style quarterbacks coming out this year. Um, that's going to be something to pay attention to. Do I think USC has potential to win their conference? Yes. Anything beyond that? Not so much. Um, but I do believe where you're hitting here would be nice to see, get kind of get rid of these tune-up games as you call them. Right. And if that, if that means jumping conferences to create a higher level of competition, I do believe that this is going to be something um, to watch and, and it will be cool to, you know, watch OU play Florida, um, you know, once a year and get the Gator chop going and shit. And like, oh, that's the type of stuff that provides yeah. ratings, which is bottom line, what they want. Now, do you foresee the big 12 hurting from this significantly over time? Because right now they're just kind of out in the wind doing their own thing. They're going to have to adapt. I mean, do you think a lot of out of conference games are going to be something to pay attention to in the coming years? 
Yeah, so it's very weird. The Big 12 is very successful in all the other silly sports, right? Sure. Uh, you know, it's turning into quite the basketball conference, come to find out. Uh, Baylor, being, dude. Uh, Baylor's unbelievable. Baylor uh, basketball is nothing to fuck with. I mean, that was impressive to watch. Right. No, for sure. Um, and, you know, wrestling, they're good. Baseball, they're all right. You know, so – so they're good at all the other sports. And then I say football-wise, again, the, the revenue generator there, um, it's, it's going to be a massive blow losing OU in Texas, right? Sure. Um, but they're the most solid – how would I say this? Solid middle-of-the-road conference there is, okay? Sure. Do, in, do any one of those teams have a shot um, at, you know, the, the upper tier, right? The 1As, right? No, they don't. Um, but will they beat, you know, 90% of the rest of really, frankly, anybody in any conference, they fucking will. Um, you know, and, and, and if you look at their bull records, a lot of people are saying, well, people opt out. Well, yeah, of course, because 2021 and people are fucking trash cans nowadays. And so everyone's like, nah, fuck it. You know, I, I train with these guys. I work with these guys, but you know, I'm not going to go and play football games. That's a whole nother thing that pisses me off uh, and finish the season with my boys that I sat there and bled, blood, sweat and tear with, uh, you know, but those guys want to win with football games. And let's say those are second stringers. Both of them have second stringers. Right. Um, and so they're trying to compete their ass off to win. And, and big 12 teams have really good records in those cases. Well, uh, check this uh, out. This is going to be interesting to see now because, like I said, I, I could see teams independence primarily trying to jump into the Big 12. And I'm reading this off the athletic. They're reporting that the Big 12 are looking at BYU potentially to jump uh, be- into the Big 12. So now you're going to start seeing teams from the West, Pac 12 teams. I mean, supposedly, from what I'm reading, is that it was going to be something where Pac-12 is going to look at bringing them in, but after the super conference is being created, um, it's going to be something now where BYU is going to look for a home. And I think that'll help them because a big knock this year, uh, let's just say Zach Wilson, a big knock on him was that who did he play? Right. Right. Sure. You're an an independent. Who did you play? Nobody. (laughs) You played nobody. (laughs) <laughs> so true it is true i mean who in the hell did he play i mean he played coastal carolina and yeah any any good quarterback or talent is going to light up you know shitty pac-12 teams potentially like utah but i mean then again when you look at the competition and the sport and all this you know i think it's it's going to be good for these smaller schools you know notre dame they're i i did they join the ACC in the coming years or are they still an independent? Cause I, I remember there were talks. So ba- yeah. Basketball. I think that they're in, are they in the big East? They're in, maybe it's the ACC. I know basketball wise, Notre Dame joined a conference. I cannot oh, yeah. remember. That was the big East conference until big East, okay. now they're yeah. in the Atlantic. Now they're in the ACC. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's the that's the thing. So but football, they're still independent. I know that. Correct. All football, every right. sport, but football and hockey. So right. that's something very interesting to me. And you know, Notre Dame, I always feel like it's just so overrated. And and I don't know how you don't like hell. the Golden Domers. It's not that I don't. You know, coming from the Midwest, I'm sure people will look at me sideways, but. That's Jesus' team, just so you know. So be careful. We don't get struck by lightning. Hey, football Jesus is football Jesus, and it will always be football Jesus, and I love the movie Rudy. But I just do not understand, and I'm tired of fucking watching it, why I have to sit in my living room and watch a team like Clemson with Trevor Lawrence play a playoff game against Notre fucking Dame and just Notre Dame gets smoked every time. Yeah. Or what was it uh, six or seven years ago when they played Bama in the national championship and they got absolutely destroyed? Like, yeah. Well, hey, let's call a spade a spade. You know, they did the same thing to OU. They worked that ass over. So, you know, being in a conference doesn't necessarily, and, and again, I think it was to your point, right? 
the the level of talent that that Clemson has been able to recruit in in Alabama, and to some extent Ohio State, um, has been killing um, OUs and the Notre Dames and and in an OU's case again, I really really sincerely think that's what puts us over the top is now that when we go there say hey guys now you know Johnny Williams from wherever USA. I know that you're one of the best corners in the country. Look, you're not going to have to be an attract me. You know, we're going to play in the SEC. It's the best conference. You're going to get the most exposure and be the less exposed, be the least exposed, the most exposure and the least exposed, which I think is what every kid is really looking for. Um, there we are now. So I think that we're going to be able to start robbing more and more of that kind of talent. Um, from, uh, you know, Alabama specifically, uh, but really even so, so much as Clemson, uh, if we can really turn that tide and use the SEC to our advantage. Yeah, I think, you know, this definitely is a big step for both programs at Texas, Texas and OU. I think this puts OU uh, in the conversation now to go out there and compete. It will be interesting, though, to see a sophomore quarterback who, who you're high on, Caleb Williams, come in and lead the program to that next step. So that's going to be very interesting. Now, the thing I want to end with is what do we think of the players profiting off their likeness? Do you think this is good for the sport? Do you think this is bad for the sport? Go. Um, good and bad, I guess. Um, I would lean more bad than good. Um, and, and I would say this is the reason why. Okay. You – you better truly understand that these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids. You know, these kids are right out of high school. These kids also as young as seventh and eighth grade, in some cases it's been even younger. The NCAA had actually step in and tell schools, Hey, you will not contact kids in fifth fucking grade. Right. Fifth grade. How, yeah. How, how these schools were, were, were finding kids in fifth grade, that's a whole nother big brother okay. experience. Stop on this. Stop on Here's yeah. – oh, this is great. Awesome. Helps me think of a point. So starting this podcast, right, getting the media – the social media following going. I see kids. I shit you not. And some of them who may listen to the show, I hope you go to the show and we're talking about you on Sunday. But now, dude, the landscape of this has changed and how you get exposure has changed. There, dude, oh. there are kids who are in fucking middle school, seventh, sixth, fifth grade, as you were just alluding to, who have full IG pages of them throwing footballs. Right. It's so, insane. It's, it's bananas. It's bananas. And so uh, if you can imagine, right, to, to – Get your chain wanked about what an incredible human being you are because you can throw a piece of leather X amount of uh, fucking feet, right? Really, really good. Right. You're so damn amazing, right? And then what do you do when you're 19 years old? Let's give you a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Come on, right? Let's stop the bullshit. Let's stop the <laughs> social justice horse shit. Let's be honest with yourself. Let's, let's stop it. Oh, they're human beings and they work so hard and oh they they deserve the you money. Give, you give yeah. you give a 19-year-old a quarter million dollars. I don't know what, what you're the gonna fuck have. It's gonna happen. Come on. Well, Dude, that's why I believe I'm, 30, I'm 37 years old, Chicago. Mike, you give me a quarter million dollars. That's a wrap, bro. That's <laughs> a wrap. <laughs> Listen, here's what I'll say about this. It's and it's something we've talked about on the show before. So Basically, the way I view this, there should be some sort of a trust that this right. money goes. No, into. I agree. That would like, be yeah, that like when you get to the next level, then, OK, here's all your money. Right now, you're a grown ass man. If you fuck it up now, it's on you. Right. I still think at the age of 18, 19, you're a kid. Yeah. I mean, if someone handed me, you know, a quarter of a million dollars at 19 years old, I would have done so much stupid shit. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be here right now for sure. So do I think the rise in, you know, DUIs and drunken, aggravated assault and fucking all kinds, of, is that going to increase? Oh, you bet you're sweet ass, you know? Oh yeah. Now 
here's here's a lot of people that I talk to who are also college football lovers, and this is how we'll we'll kind of transition out of this, yeah. and we'll we'll end it here. So a lot of people believe that the beauty of college football was that these kids were not profiting to play the sport that they love, and they were literally playing for the love of the game. Do you think this takes away that piece of the puzzle? No, I think it's horseshit, and and okay. I. And I I, I think that that's uh, kind of a, a moral pipe dream, right? Do the kids love the game? Obviously. Nobody's going to, you know, be a running back, run up the hole and get smoked by a middle line, a division one middle linebacker, quote unquote, for the spirit and love of the game of football. Get the fuck out of here, right? These kids that are, are going to do that are doing it for two reasons. One, they know they're good enough and they're playing the game so they can go to the NFL and get out of a situation if they were, were in one sure. where they can raise their financial status and, 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 and help everybody out and, and help themselves out. Surely yeah, family. Uh, well, of course, yeah. there's always that element. Sure. More so the, the love of the game, the playing, you know, that's the, that's always been the, the aura of college football, as you would say. I, I would say so, but you know, I, I, I just don't know. You know, I, I would say more so than the love of call. They obviously love it to play at that, that level. They've put a lot into it to become that talented. Right. Um, but you know, if you're a kid and you know, let's say that you don't come from a, a, a family that, you know, everyone has gone to college or no one has gone to college from your family. Sure. That game is giving you, even if you don't make it to the NFL, but you're good enough to just kind of get there. Um, get your scholarship, play the best you can, try real hard, work out great, right? Then you get something out of it. You get a four-year degree for free. And a four-year degree at freaking, you know, OU and shit, it's like $120,000, right? Oh, so, you know, yeah. So, you know, when, when we're talking about how much do they already get, they get quite a bit. Now, now what I'm saying is, you know, I'm not saying let's steal from them and let's, you know, steal from their hard work and their likeness and all that bullshit. I'm not saying all of that. I'm saying is what the fuck do you think is going to happen at a quarter million dollars? And of course, like everything in this country, it'll get perverted and out of control. And before you know it, a 19 year old kid will be signing ten and a half million dollar Nike deals. And that's just the way it goes. And, you know, it won't stop at 250, you know, or whatever that number is, if there even is any. Well, but. You know, like you said, if they trusted it or if they put some thought and effort into it to protect these young individuals, these young men, while they're young, to make stupid ass mistakes at a low level before we start, you know, you know, turning these places into absolute wild, wild west situations, you know. Well, that's what it's going to be, brother. Now, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think we'll see it when, you know, a couple years into this, I'm more concerned about the effort level more so than anything. Because I always think like when you give people money, the effort level usually dials it back a little bit. A lot of the times, like we just discussed, you're playing for the dream on Sunday. You're, 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 you're playing to improve your, your, your situation for your family and all that good stuff. Yeah. Now it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what the product is going to be on Saturdays, but. Yeah. I think the product will be good there too. I, I hear what you're saying on the money part. But also, what do we know about human beings? They're greedy. And so we know that if they throw five touchdowns, that's $1 million. You throw 10 touchdowns, that's $10 million. I'm yeah. throwing 10 fucking touchdowns, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> very, very good point. Number, you know, so, oh, yeah. I, you know, will, will, will greed overcome? Uh, you know, I would guess so. I know. It sure. would be in my case when you're talking about that kind of money and that kind of jack, you know. Well, what's what's interesting is this kid, um, Bryce Young at um, at Bama, he's already made like a million dollars. Yeah, he hasn't played one snap, bro. He could right. suck. He could right. suck. He could be trash as far as we know because he hasn't played a fucking down. Right, and that's that's where the little man like us that that, that work for the man every day where we get ours at corporate America and we laugh is when, you know, they pay these kids this first time that they're doing this, all of these millions of dollars and all this bullshit. And then the kid goes out there first game and shits down his pants. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, that's my whole thing. You haven't played a down of football yet. And here's a million dollars because yeah. you're supposedly the shit. Yeah. 
Oh man, nothing will make me happier. <laughs> yeah. Well, well <laughs> let's hey, let's see. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Nate, what a what an awesome episode this was. This was a ton of fun. Um, yeah. I'll let you uh, I'll let you get back to the day and uh, you know I just really appreciate you hopping on here and and just doing what uh, doing what you do best, man. This was uh, this was a hoot. Um, yeah, you Thank know, you, sir. We'll definitely do this again, you know, in a couple of weeks as the season starts, you know, this episode will, uh, you know, be dropped the, the start of college football season, which is this upcoming Saturday. So, you know, please tune into this, listen while you're watching a game and chances are it's going to be a shitty game anyways, because it's all those FBS schools. So um, this was awesome, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome, brother. We'll see you. All right. See you soon. All right. Bye.